Hey guys, what's good? You're listening to London College of Communications Value Talks, a series where we bring together figures from across the creative industries to chat about contemporary issues and the importance of creativity. I'm Timothy Ogu. I'm a multidisciplinary artist and a creative director, and I graduated from LCC back in 2017. Today, I'll be talking to three creatives about cinematic realities, the connection between photography, identity, and building worlds on screen. You'll hear from a couple fellow LCC grads, the award-winning Juno Calypso, a London-based artist working with photography, film, and installation, and Sarah Jane Todd, a creative director and co-founder of the photography publication Family Portrait. They'll be joined by filmmaker and photographer Yoni Lapin, who works across music, fashion, and commercial, and has collaborated with artists such as ASAP Rocky, Slow Tie, and Muramasa. It's time to hear from our panellists, but just a reminder, you can also head over to the LCC YouTube channel to watch our value talks as they happened. I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, yeah, I'm Juno Calypso and I'm an artist working with photography, film, installation. Nice. Um, I'm Yoni Lapin. I am a filmmaker, director, bit of a photographer and, and writer as well. Nice. I'm Sarah Jane Todd, and I'm a creative director, primarily working in fashion and music. Awesome. So today we're going to be discussing cinema and reality. So how you guys build your um, your own realities, or what you see, or what your experiences into your visual work. So the first thing I wanted to ask is just about yourselves. Uh, how would you define your practice, and yeah, how would, how would you describe what you do? So. You know, I'll come back to you again. You can come to me. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, I always, I think I start with like artists because it allows you to not be that, I wanted to say professional, mm. but you know what I mean? You can be a bit messy and unreliable as an artist and take your time and not be always producing consistent work. So yeah, yeah that's mm. me. And what about you? I think the, the most tangible way to describe myself as director, I mean, it's it's how I earn my living. Um, so, you know, it, it's day to day, most of the time, that's how I see myself is, is um, you know, pitching on jobs or working on something, personal project um, and, and juggling those two, two worlds together, basically. Nice. I'm a creative director and it's art direction, mm. the crossover very nicely. Some a lot of people don't. I mean, I don't really know the difference between the two. And I have my own studio practice, nice. um, which has been going for like two years now, and um, yeah, it's going good. Nice. And you only to pick up on your point. The way you see yourself, you said you see yourself mostly as a director. Is that important yeah. for you guys in your way you you conduct your work? Like for example, you were saying you prefer to be an artist because it makes you, it allows you space to experiment. Is that important or? Do tags just whatever? Does it, it? It's not. It's nothing in your mind. You just go out and create. I think it's a little important. Like it, it's not the be all and end all, mm. but it, it's nice to be able to say that I'm a director. I mean, it's nice to tell my parents because <laughs> 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 for years, you know, they would be like, "When are you gonna get?" You know, they'd be concerned. They'd be concerned, like you know, because when, you know, when I wasn't earning a penny from it, mm. um, that it, uh, to them it, it's a concern because yeah. it's like, well, wh- how are you going to function in society and look after yourself and put food on the table? But now I can say I'm a director and I earn my living doing that and I think that's nice, to mm. be honest. Nice. What about you, SJ? Um, in, what, in terms of... In terms of just like, yeah, do you... Giving yourself Yeah, you said, you said you're a creative director, but do you, do you sometimes feel like you're more of an artist than a creative director? Do you sometimes feel like you're more of a, 
uh, practitioner in terms of photography or just a certain discipline? Or does that matter to you? Does it? It doesn't really. And I think in in the creative industry, like everything sort of blurs across. Like yeah. you get a lot of people who like go from being a photographer to an art director mm. or a direct, you know, a photographer to a director. And you, you have you have people who kind of like naturally move mm. um, and gravitate towards like different practices like creatively from time to time. I don't know, a friend actually asked me the other day if I would do photography or like look into doing photography and um, I considered it but then it's like technically it's like such a different space and um, I'd want to do a good job mm, so it's yeah. like this but it's it's exciting like it is nice to kind of when you pick up the skill set you can kind of move from place to place wherever you kind of feel like it which is nice. Yeah, what about you Jean? It depends like what mood I'm in, who I'm talking to. No. It's like, how much do you want to explain and yeah. how much do you not want to talk about it? Like if you're in a family event, do you really want to talk about the ins and outs of it? Yeah. You can just be like, yeah, I'm a photographer. I, I'm just a this or whatever. It's just each one has the amount of questions they will ask. Yeah. And it's like, I just can't be bothered today. Do you think you it know? changes the outcome of the work in the sense of, for example, as a creative director, do you see the work differently? if you were like a photographer? Because for example, I'm a photographer and I'd like to class myself as a creative director. So a lot of times when I'm doing photography, I'll still be thinking of the wider perception of the work, but it's just, it's just become innate now for me. But for you, they're obviously, there's very, they're two very different roles. Does it change the outcome of the work or is it still just, I'm here to just produce the best I can in whatever role? I think so. I think as well when, you're working in art direction like it's a very collaborative thing so you you're always kind of leaning in on a photographer or a director as well mm. and like the way I work I really you know if I collaborate with a creative on a job there I've asked to collaborate with them for a reason yeah. so for me it's super important that they have full breathing space within the creative to mm. kind of see that through as well so um I kind of like the unknown element of it a bit. Like, I don't ever like to kind of constrain things too tight. Um, yeah. And it, you kind of have that organic creative freedom within it from both sides. Yeah. That's cool to hear that because it's, it's, it's like refreshing because I think about myself very differently, but it's nice to hear that there's that option. Like for me, I'm somebody that needs focus to do anything. Mm. If I, otherwise, if I'm left to my own devices, I will do nothing and daydream all day. <laughs> so knowing I have this role to do and people are relying on me for this particular role, I think it's quite liberating for me to keep things simple. Mm. Um, so that's like what gets output out of me. Um, but it's cool, like, I wish I was more like that. <laughs> you do get some art directors and I, I, I think sometimes you, they can get quite a bad rep because they are very, I mean, I don't know what your experiences are of working with them, where you will get people who are very much like rigid in, in, in their vision mm -hmm. and like what they want to do. But I think part, the most exciting part about being a creative is like the collaborative element for me as, as an art yeah. director anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. What about you, do you know, considering you're quite elaborate on your sets from what I've seen of your work? Kind of, yeah, I feel like I'm in two different worlds. Like my own work is not collaborative. It's just me on my own. And yeah, it's a lot of daydreaming and all of that. And there's no one breathing down my neck except for me and all of that. But then, yeah, doing a commercial job is a bit more like 
oh, this is a job. Yeah. Like, oh, there's deadlines and I have to do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm still working it out. Oh, are we all? Yeah. And can I pick you up on that point? Or can I pick your brain about that comment? So like the commercial space and your own space, how do you navigate that as a photographer, director, creative director? You obviously have your own visions, but Mm -hmm. client is clients. And that Mm -hmm. will also come with things that you have to do and things that you have to, boxes you have to tick, let's say. How do you navigate that space? I feel like you don't have to do anything. Like you can turn down whatever you want, but you're kind of expected to be doing something really good instead. Mm. You can't be like, yeah, I don't want to do that job. I want to focus on my work and then not make any work. Because that can happen. You can be like, oh, no, I haven't got time for this. I'm doing my personal projects. And then nothing comes out of your personal project. And you're like, well, that's that then. (laughs) So, but you can't, like with commercial stuff, it's just like done, finished. Whereas your personal stuff is like this mystical thing that you can't really force to happen. 100%. Um, How have you found it? It's 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 like a very sadomasochistic life. Like you wanna, <laughs> is you want to basically make uncompromising work that you believe um, is the way something should be. Um, but in order to get paid, you have to work with other people that have their own opinions, and they're paying you to do it, and they're choosing you because you know they say they they like what you do, but it never ever from my experience, it's that simple. They'll say that initially, and then um, it'll constantly be a balancing act and oftentimes a a battle um, to kind of strive to get still your vision across in a way that you're comfortable and happy with. And it's, uh, you take it day by day, I've learned every every project comes with its own unique spin on that on, on, on some version of that yeah. if it's a commercial project yeah. and even even artistic projects you know even music videos where you're just dealing with the artist they might have a, a vision and and um, the label might have a vision and managers might have a vision and I'm sure I'm, I'm just now starting to get into the long form stuff but I'm sure that has its own version of that too when you're dealing with producers and studios and all that so I think um, everything is you know this is the reality mm-hmm. of the world that we're I, I mean, at least from my perspective, I'm, I have to live within the confines of that in order to survive. Yeah. Um, but then with that, I think forces like things that are beautiful as well. So, um, you know, it goes back to that being constrained thing. If you're forced in a kind of more focused way, you figure out ways to be resourceful and interesting. and you know, maybe even some of those negative influences actually lead to positive things because, I don't know, I'm somebody, I think, I've learned that I like to prove people wrong or like I like to rebel. So when you say, oh, when you when I feel like that, it forces some of my most, you know, inspired creativity, I think. Mm. Um, whereas if everything's good and ha- happy, probably not as inspired personally. Yeah. Some people may be different, but for me, I think, um, it, it leads to like more fire, you know? So it's a battle, but yeah. it's, it's a fun one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Ultimately, at the moment, it's not. But when you look back, I think, I usually look back fondly yeah. on, on a project, even, even probably the most difficult ones. Yeah, it, you know? I agree. Yeah, you have to have that bit of, there has to be that angst. I think I'm similar to you in the way I work is, there needs to be a sense of fire there. For me to really produce my best work, I need to have, sometimes it's like I always find that I leave my, Sometimes I'll leave things to the last minute. Mm. 
but then I need my back to be against the wall to really just do it like sometimes I'm, that, I'm exactly like that but that's really bad because then I'll be like in the moment I'll be like why do I do this yeah. to myself every single Course. time every time but every time I think it's all about learning like yourself mm. so I don't know yeah I need to create those deadlines earlier I think but um, I wanted to ask you about your personal journey so how did you get to the points of where you are today so Yoni go first to like being yeah, to being I a director, yeah, like director, for, yeah, director photographer. Um, what was your first step? How did you get into it? What inspired you as well? Yeah, so I'll try and like give the least boring account <laughs> of this, but um, just as a, like a background, like it, when I was growing up, it, I never knew exactly what I wanted to do, but there was always like a rotating thing of things that I thought, oh, I could do that. Mm. Could that you know, when you're a kid and you're just dreaming of anything. And, feel, and being a director for some reason was always one of them. But then like there would be years where I never thought about it. And I, and I like never took myself seriously to be it because it felt so unreachable. Um, and no one in my family does it or anything like that. So, it, you know, they didn't seem a clear path. And um, ultimately, what was my, became my number one obsession, probably still to this day, is music. And that's what I kind of as a result, knew the most about in a way, and like just like music and music culture and that kind of thing. And I started working in that through a lot of, you know, um, kind of domino effect things happened, you know, uh, start DJing, start getting internships at radio stations and at media places. And then eventually got a job at a record label. And then the but they needed somebody to direct a music video and then I would I volunteered and they gave me a 7D and as soon as I did that first one you knew I I'd some, yeah basically even if I didn't know it at the time I, something changed yeah. like looking back like definitely it, I'd never taken to something that passionately before um, and I was frankly I didn't feel as good at anything else I, I wasn't talented at music as much as I wanted to be <laughs> I, I'm good at hearing music yeah. I'm not good at making it I tried um, it's not me unfortunately if I could sing or anything like that that's what I would have yeah, done 100% <laughs> um, so I just carried on with it because it was like a way for me to be close to what I love and you know sort of capture it without um, and people wanted me to do it so it you know started directing music videos for friends putting like independent artists and yeah. stuff like that and then eventually i just decided to take the risk and quit my day job at the record label and go full-time but it took years before it from that happening to like actually being able to do it full-time mm. it was like it's definitely hard nice. <laughs> it wasn't easy yeah, still hard mm. yeah um mine was a bit of a strange one. I was like, at school, I was never that creative. I mean, I'm very bad at anything to do with art. <laughs> um, I don't know, it was kind of like, it was never really like creative opportunities presented where I went to school and things like that. And um, it was like an art college down the road, which I wasn't really aware of. And then just from being like social and where I'd go out when I was younger, I met friends and like a lot of them were, at this art college, I kind of just like dropped out of the academic college I was at and like moved there just because all my friends were there. Mm. And um, I kind of like didn't really take, I like, there was a graphic design course that I went on because I somehow got in and 
just was like, what can I do that I might be good at or have any interest in? And um, I kind of, I messed around for quite a bit. And, so, and then one time my tutor just like absolutely bollocked me and was like, if you don't step it up, like you, you need to leave. And um, from that point on, I just like snapped out of it and just, mm. and just got on with it. And then I kind of, yeah, through uni and stuff just naturally, but it was at LCC actually where on the course that I did, we kind of did like the live, um, I can't remember what it was called, but we went into the industry and did like the live practices. Yeah. And I just like gravitated towards like this uh, art direction studio where I like interned for like three months um, and I just like really enjoyed it. So then from, it's I moved house like the other day and um, I actually found like all the kind of writing and stuff I had to do about that experience and just like reading back to like 10 years ago of like my experiences, you know, and like mm -hmm. what I found when working and it was just so crazy to, to, to see it. But um, I was there and then I kind of just like started applying to like work for some magazines and then I went in to work at Shaw Studio, um, which is like a creative studio. And I kind of, it was more just through word of mouth, yeah. like, the friends and the people I was meeting in London, um, they just had like connections at places. And I just kind of like tried to, you know, see if there was any opportunities there. And um, I never really set out to do this, like at all. I didn't even know it was a job or a mm. career. And then I just started into like working in studios. And I think I worked in studios for like eight years, like back to back. So, but it, it was, it was kind of like I was working on these huge clients and these really big like commercial jobs and where you have like so much freedom in terms of like what you can create because there's big budgets and that you can work with the best photographers, directors, etc. But I just, there was one point where I stopped and I was like, all the work I'm creating is like someone else's vision. Like, you know, and the people I worked with and the other creative directors I work with, like I learned so much from. But then one day I just got to a point and I, and I just kind of removed myself from all the studios and I was just like, that's when I pushed myself to just do it myself. And, and, and yeah, it's kind of now I have the studio and that's how I got there. Nice, awesome. awesome. Mm. How about you? I don't know. <laughs> I've got like two big things going on. I've got like the regular story where you're like, I went to LCC <laughs> and then I did this and then I did that. Yep. Which is interesting, yeah. especially like for students wanting to know. But then you think, I don't know, then I start, I don't know, as everyone was talking, I started thinking about like life and like how do you end up in what you're doing? Yeah. And is it just because you closed other doors to begin with, like how you don't know what you're going to end up doing? And when I was like small, like you want to be like, I want to be like an actor. And then you're like, oh, I'm too scared, door closed. And it's like, oh, I want to be like a singer or something. And then you close that door. And then you're just a weird little kid who's like, well, I guess I like to draw. And then you're like, well, I guess I'll just have to be an artist then. Like, think, but there's something because, in that though. I think there's something yeah. in the light point of like, like, you look at someone yeah. and then you kind of sift your way yeah. as you're getting towards. So like, for me, it was Kanye. Kanye yeah. was a huge example for me. And I was, I was swimming closer towards him. The doors of becoming a rapper was never like mm. out from where yeah. I'm from. You, no one raps, so I ain't, I ain't gonna be a rapper. But then you start to realize, as you're swimming closer, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. there's so many more avenues mm -hmm. that go lead towards him being him. Yeah. 
that's around him that you don't know. Process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something in yeah. that. And you think, oh, thank God I didn't do that as well. Because mm. I don't know, you just don't know. What was that film that just came out? Everything, everywhere, all at once. once. Yeah. Where it's like, what could your life be? What could yeah. it be? Oh and my now God, that I'm in. Me out. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's what I always think about. It. Like, is this what? Because everyone talks about imposter syndrome, but maybe it's just like I don't know. I just chose this door. This is the door I'm in, and I can't back out now. Really. Or it chose you. you or it chose me. You know, but, I don't even know. But then, if you say, but then to go back, if you're an, if you say you're an artist, doesn't that yeah. doesn't that give you the ability to pivot? So you don't well, have to back yeah, out, one, but you, you can, can open more. Yeah. Your house isn't just one room anymore. Yeah, it's like a four bed, yeah. with a, like a nice living room. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can yeah, yeah, you yeah. can circle yeah, around yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you can do a little extension. Yeah. 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 But still, how did? But what? Yeah. But then once I decided, okay, this is the door, the creative life. It was like painting, drawing, whatever. Then you get just told by teachers, no, you're not good at this. And they chucked me in photography because they were like, that's the easy course. Oh Apparently, God. like they were like, wow. they said to me, they were like, you need to be spoon fed ideas. And that's what photography and media is. They give you a brief and you do it. They're like, you're not cut out for like- That's what someone stuff. said. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm glad they did. Cause then I found like that I was good at it and that I liked it. So and you then, did it for your benefit? Yeah, I guess so. I guess like, and like you said, like when people like sort of proving people wrong mm, as well, yeah. that helps a lot. It's always fun. Yeah, it is fun. And then you just become, and then it just becomes like a game of like, how good can I get at this? And like, yeah. and then after uni, like applying to so many competitions, it is just like a little computer game of like sending your work everywhere and just seeing what happens mm. and then climbing. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think I got a lot of my success through applying to like, awards and competitions and press and like just getting recognition. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And can I ask you for the three of you, what does storytelling mean in your work? How do you, how do you like to tell a story in your work and how do you know when you've told a good story? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's funny, I'm still figuring that out because like when I first started, um, it was actually like a criticism I'd get a lot from the people in, in the industry I was working in. Like in, so when I started doing music videos, mm-hmm. I never wanted, I always had, my instinct was always to break away from like the cheesy music video story. You know, when they tell, try and tell a story mm-hmm. in a music video, especially back when I started, it was just the norm to do that. And it always felt really contrived to me. And I, and I knew like immediately that I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something more like slice of life-ish, right? Where I'm just mm-hmm. showing this is the world I see it, the way I see it mm-hmm. and, 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 and try and break away from create, like faking that. Yeah. And that was always like my instinct to this day, it's still my instinct. But as a result, when it would come time to edit or something, you know, you'd have like commissioners and other editors and I don't know, just people in the industry, like that would be their criticism of my work is like, oh, there's no story here. You know, there's no payoff, yeah. there's no story. Like, what are you really doing? Why do they want that? Um, that was my yeah, what do they instinct. Want? And, and I, it's not a short film. And so I just went with my instinct. I was like, I don't want to see that. And also I yeah. felt like oftentimes when you do that, you are at odds with the music. And yeah. because I, I told you that music is first number one yeah. to me, mm-hmm. I always wanted to make something that complemented the music. And to com- like music is so freeing, right? It's, mm-hmm. You can't really put your finger on it. So I wanted visuals that felt somewhat like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, you know, as I progressed and other, got other people's opinions that I respected, they would like, you know, actually be a lot more supportive about it and be like, well, you are telling a story, just not in your conventional ABC way. And so I think a story can be, doesn't have to be one thing. If you're telling something compelling, 
um, it's a story and the rest maybe you figure out or you find your own style and way to tell that story. But like, isn't it really boring if we all tell a story the same way, right? Sure. So I think for me, telling a story first and foremost has to come from an honest place, mm. you know, something that feels true to you. Um, and the rest, I don't really have the answer for. <laughs> no, I, like, I respect that. What about you, Mr. I'd have to agree. I'm kind of still finding my feet with that a lot. I think my studio still feels quite new and the clients that I work with are primarily fashion and like one of them is like super narrative driven and likes a lot of narrative in the creatives we do but then another one like not so much so it's like they're like pull opposites mm -hmm. and then I just worked on my first like big sort of music project as well which kind of spanned like across two years and with that we made like a short film and it was like a 20 minute long film across like three music videos and I do agree like that creatively was was incredible but then you know we worked with a film director and yeah. the film director did the treatment and and the the work that came of it was was really really great but it's like these are all everything feels so new and so varied that it's kind of like visually for me like again as a as an art director rather than necessarily being like an image maker myself yeah. everything sort of differs like so much but um i guess putting out the sort of style i like in a way is taking on the jobs that i really want to get behind yeah. so yeah i'm still still working on, on yeah. what that is nice what about you do you know yeah. how much the storyteller play in your work i love telling the story <laughs> and like i think because i work by myself and I go on these long trips where I take the pictures like in another country for weeks and I'm, I'm meeting weird people. And then when I get back, I'm like, I can't wait to tell everyone about this. Mm. Oh my God. But then the actual pictures, they don't make sense. Like there's no story. It is just slice of life or like a dream where it's non nonsense, where mm. it's just things. It's just hallucinations of mm. things. But then when I... I found like doing talks about my work, that's when I get to tell everyone the story behind it. And people are like, oh, okay, it's not just mm -hmm. a set you built. Mm -hmm. You actually went to this place and I can tell them about that. Mm. But I don't think it's that important to put it in the work. But I've just started doing more like film, music videos and stuff. And yeah, I have found that they want a beginning, a middle and an end. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. like it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. Yeah. And the style player conscious part of your work, do you have, are you, when you do pieces of work, are you, um, is it important to in, impose your own style or are you moulding your, um, are you malleable in, in a sense? Are you moulding your style towards the work presented to you or the idea or the project presented to you? I don't I feel like if they come to you, they want your style. That's, and it's like, yes. but, and then if you give them something, I don't know, or, or then if they ask for something else, it's like, then why did you come to me then? Yeah, like, it's true. What, it's do, true. What, what do you want? But obviously you don't want to completely hijack your own personal style for a commercial mm. thing that might just not I don't know but then I'm kind of in the middle of like transitioning like wanting to change it because you might think you have your style and you think wow I'm so original and then you realize you were just part of a time <laughs> that was just that time you were completely influenced by something and then also everyone's doing it now it's been diluted and you're like oh I have to maybe have to adapt a little mm. bit so yeah, Yoni, what do you think about uh, in terms of uh, implementing your style? And is it a conscious decision or is it something you, you, yeah, is it unconscious? Is it a conscious decision? And how do you implement that into your own work? Um, 
First of all, you, you ask a lot of philosophical questions. I'm <laughs> like I'm, very, you know what? I'm a deep thinker, man. Yeah, so I think they're very hard to. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's. I think. I think personally, for me, that's the way I think. That's the beauty of art because mm-hmm. I I'm an only child, so I spend a lot of time on my own. So mm-hmm. a lot of the reasons, a lot of the way I create ideas is just spending time on my own and thinking and thinking and thinking. So. Right. I, I kind of like to uncover whether... Is it just me? Am I just no, thinking no, about this? I, I relate. It's just hard to answer. Yeah. I but I don't know. I'm trying to answer it, like, honestly. Mm. And, and the honest way I see it is that style's very important. Mm. Because, I, like, I don't think any of us maybe would be here if we didn't have our own style, right? Because, like, that's partly how you cut through yeah. uh, other things, other people kind of... Um, you know, unfortunately, we live in a pretty competitive world, and it's... It's a, you know, it's a blessing that we can even be here mm. now, right? Um, and I'm conscious as well that people are watching this and looking for advice and, and how to do this. So like, my answer is honest, but it's also, I want to try and help mm. somebody maybe watching this that um, is in that position. And I think um, it's important to have your own style, but, and you, to how you get there is, there's different factors and different things happen to different people to get there. Um, for me personally, I'm a little obsessed, like with style or like a, like a voice, like a, like, I don't want to, I'm conscious of like so much imitation and so much things that look the same or following trends. And, and then it's kind of a, a contradiction. Cause on one hand I'm obsessed as well by those trends. Like I'm a, a obsessed with observing culture mm-hmm. and where, where the times are at and things like that. But I'm also very keen to like capture that in an honest way and a way that helps propel it forward. And I think the way you help propel it forward is not just copying someone else's voice, right? You have to have your own voice. And I think when you're able to understand where things are now and comment on that, Mm. but then also kind of put your own spin on it, then Ultimately, that's when you cut through, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if yeah, it makes 100%. sense. But, 100%. like, yeah, I think it's a, it's a mix of, of things. It's like, it's conscious of, it's, it's being self-aware and also not being self-aware. Mm. So it's like a combination of being self-aware and instinctive. And it's like, if you're too much of one, I don't know, maybe you're a genius and you don't need to be self-aware. <laughs> I don't think I am. I think I need to be self-aware up to a point. You need to see up to a certain extent where, what other people are doing, where things are at. And then figure out a way to put your own spin on it. Mm. I do. I do think there's that, and I think like people I look up to do that as well. Mm. Um, you know, they're all, they're constantly pushing it, like pushing. Like even if you take music for an example, like my favorite musicians are pushing boundaries. You know, like but they're also obsessed with like what their competitors are doing, things they're doing. So yeah, but that's just my perspective. Someone else, like you know, you're in a different space. You're in a different space. You might see. You might just be in your own world and. And you don't have to do that. And, and you're just, what you're putting out just happens to be, you know, the zeitgeist. Nah, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I know, zeitgeist, yeah, maybe. But um, I don't know. I think everyone's unique. And so, yeah, you just put in your own, you've got to make it a little bit personal. And then Definitely. because no one is like you, everyone is unique. And then you can just, that can cut through. And then looking at other stuff and then not looking at anything. Like just, yeah. Yeah. It's a hard balance. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard yeah. To be inspired, but not yeah. imitate. Get off Instagram. But then you Get need Instagram better. because ah, Instagram's inspired. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did? This is what I've done. 
you can get this thing that downloads all your saved images. So mm. everything you've saved, because mm. that's what you're obviously inspired by, mm -hmm. download them, delete the app, goodbye. Like, what else do I need it for now? Because I feel like you're just looking at other people's work and thinking, I don't want no more. I've wouldn't. got about 3,000. I don't need <laughs> any more. Because also you save it thinking, one day I'll look at this and you never look at it. Now I'm going to go through them. What about the cute duck memes I want to forward to? I'll go on Reddit ducks. <laughs> Reddit, Reddit ducks. I need to Reddit get on that. Yeah. So you don't use you don't find it you don't use it. It was really useful for me for a long time. Yeah. Like that is kind of how I got described as an Instagram artist. Right. That was stressful. That's what made you do Which it. Probably <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good idea. Developed your love-hate relationship with yeah. it. Yeah, and then it just changed a bit. I feel like now it's just stressful to use yeah. and. It's just not where we should be getting our inspiration from. Yeah. I feel like there's so many other references out there. What is the role like... of socials now in, for a photographer, filmmaker? Because uh, personally, I've had my own battles with it. Like, I've come off mm. it. Uh, to be honest, at the start of the year, I came completely off it. It was the most detrimental thing, personally. Mm. And now I'm back on, but it's actually a much more healthier relationship where mm. my time is a lot less. Mm. And I can dip in and out. And actually, my feed... Even though my algorithm's reading me and they're listening to me and mm. Tim Cook is probably <laughs> listening to this right now, like, oh, Tim's gonna like this. Mm. Um, it's a lot more personalized, I find it, on all my social platforms, which is it's actually probably the best I've found where I can just come in, tap yeah. in for like a couple minutes, get what I need and go. Mm. And I'm not really looking there for inspo, actually. It's mm. more just a, if I want inspo, I'm, I'm going to different places because I feel like while I'm just looking at where everyone else is looking. But I'd love to hear your thoughts in for especially for young filmmakers coming up it, it is there's some great profiles like what's culture is an amazing profile that i follow that gives you these bite-sized informations about different artists different periods different times mm -hmm. but also you can get caught up in the looking at everyone everything mm -hmm. at the same damn time mm -hmm. and it just doesn't help your work grow so i'd like to know what your thoughts are yeah for me i i mean i use it i i'm aware of like what other like art directors and people in the creative industry are doing on it but I don't get stuck on it like mm. I don't look at you know I, I kind of keep my own practice very much to like what I want to put out and what mm. I want to be doing and in terms of for like inspiration or, or where I find that it's more like in films and, and, and magazines and book in mm. photography books like mm. I don't go to Instagram as a place to be inspired by I don't find it that inspiring like and as in like um what I do and, and kind of the brands that I work with I feel like I need to stay up to date with what other brands are doing in terms of like how successful their things are landing and like what other creatives they're working with but um and for me now it's like around the whole you know, around the whole culture of like influencers, mm -hmm. like that bleeds more and more from there into even things I do, like when we um, are casting or when we're looking at talent to feature in campaigns or it's like, but how many Instagram followers do they have? Yeah. You know, and if it's not a relevant yeah. amount, then like, they're just cast aside, you know? That's why I've lost so many jobs. <laughs> <laughs> don't have enough, you don't have a big enough Instagram no, no, followers. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. What about you guys? It is what it is. I told you, download yeah. your saves and, yeah, just, and just get out. For a bit. I'm not, I haven't deleted it, but just, no, you I know, get it. just off the phone. You know when you look at your screen time and you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, this is mad. I think, yeah, it's, I, you know what, I, it's funny. I mean, for me personally, I feel like I get more inspired by life and yeah. just speaking to my friends and actually just having a good gist of what's going on in your own head mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what's going on around you. I think there's enough. 
uh, yeah, yeah, in going on that That's you can same. take from that. And then you can add like little bits from tips and, and tricks from Insta. So I think, I think we all are aware and agree on how toxic social media can be. And when you're, especially when you're in a bad place, if you're in a bad mood or you, things aren't going well in your actual life and then you're on Instagram, it can be like a vicious cycle mm. where you're seeing other people, you know, cause it's designed to show off, right? Like we are like, and that's definitely a big problem. And I think it's also like, we're at, we're at like the infancy of social media. So we're still figuring out, mm. you know, what's a healthy amount and trying to juggle that and all of that. Um, and it's just overwhelming and it's not natural and all that. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't get a lot of my inspiration from Instagram. Even the negative stuff, like you mentioned influencers and things like that. Me just observing that is like a portal into like a reflection of where we are in like the world right now. And that inspires me, like not because it's good, but mm -hmm. just because it's like the reality. It's like, mm -hmm. to it's me, true. like social media has, whether we like it or not, and I doubt many of us like it, but it, is, it has become real life, I think. Like, I, I think, I remember, like, when I was growing up, like, I'm in this in-between, you know, generation where I remember life before the internet. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, if you wanted to go out, you go to a club night and you meet like-minded people and you'd have, like, a crazy night. And that, that's how people would, you know, like-minded creatives and other mm -hmm. people like, into the same thing with me. And now, like, those are getting fewer and fewer. And um, a lot of that's happening on social media mm -hmm. in a different way. And I, th I just think, like, there's no point of, like, pretending that's not like the way the world's moving because I just think it, it's undeniable. Um, so I don't know. And then I'd also, if, if I'm gonna like, cause we've been shitting on social media. So like, <laughs> on the positive side, like a lot of my work, like I wouldn't have been able to do without social media. Like so many people I've met, collaborated with, casted, I've got from just, you know, clicking on Instagram, DMing. Um, and, it, and I wouldn't have been able to do that. Like, I don't even know if I would, be able to be the kind of director I am pre like the internet social media. I don't think so. Like I think, so I owe a lot of it to that, a lot of references, you know, I get to see how somebody lives in a totally different city across the world. And like, sometimes I'll just, I remember like seeing someone on a train in China or something. Mm -hmm. And like the image just like gave me inspiration for a treatment. And it was a totally random person. I had like, like you know, hundred followers, like no one but like it just triggered something that gave me inspiration so I, I don't know i think it's it's finding ways of of making it work for you and it's different for everyone some i have friends who got off the app and became way more productive yeah and that's great that, that's beautiful right so it's like wh whatever works for you i think i think you shouldn't feel bad either way basically whatever yeah. if, it, if it's not making you feel good then Enough there's it. your answer yeah. but if, it, if you're getting something out of it there you go yeah i love that i love that yeah you got you got you have to Think about both sides when it comes to socials. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you guys, favorite um, projects that you've worked on thus far? Could be personal, could be commercial, and then also your proudest moments in, in your practices. In life or like work? Yeah, it could be, like, oh, well, I'd like to hear about work, but if in life as well, like, <laughs> okay. I, if, it's, if, it, if it coincides, I'd cool. like to hear it. Proudest moment was getting married last year in lockdown. Mm. No, <laughs> not, not really. Thank you. Um, Proudest moment at work. Can I give a recent one? Because like yeah, it's yeah, too broad a question. Yeah. To, like, I don't know. I'd have to rethink. Really it. But recently, this is like very random. But um, you know, like it, we we live in a world where like everyone, a lot of people are, they don't say what they really feel, or it's superficial, or they're being nice to you. They want to hurt your feelings. But like, so there's, I have this weird obsession with like vintage watches. Okay, it's like a little side hobby. And, and every now and again, I'll go to like Hatton Garden and there's a few people like old guys 
with like been dealing it with decades and I'll just chat to, I'll spend it if I have a free day sometimes that's like my relaxation is I'll chat to them nice. um, and I built up like a bit of a friendship with like one of them who's like you know um, probably in his 60s late 60s and he's like been around, you know it has nothing to do with film or anything but he knows film like he actually is a big fan like his favorite film we were talking about John Houston the other day his favorite film Maltese Falcon like he you know he really knows his stuff and um, he's known me for a few years like before like uh, I really started working and um, so he's seen like the progression from this like totally uh, like non-industry way and the other day um, I did a had an ad on TV and um, I told him about it and he and I showed it to him and he goes oh I saw this on TV I, and I remember thinking um, that's good that's like that's good like <laughs> you know that's like you know most ads shit fucking shit but I remember thinking that one's that was good. You, and then he goes to me, he looks at me, and, and this guy, by the way, he is yelling at me. Every time I see him, he's just like going off on tangents, yelling at me, saying how I don't know anything. Uh, that's like our relationship. So he's <laughs> constantly uh, laying into me. And, he, and so he, he's not a guy who compliments unless he means it. And he's like, you cracked it, mate. You cracked it. You cra and, and that meant more to me than like, you like know, that. anyone in the industry. Because like, like you never know whether someone's just like blowing smoke mm. or they mean it. Um, and with him, it's like, I know 100% that he meant it. So like that, that made me feel, it put me in a good mood for the rest of the day. You know? uh, I like that. That's, nice. <laughs> That's a wholesome one. What, yeah. was the, what was the ad? Uh, Sports Direct for Women's Euros. What about you, SJ? Proudest moment or, is that two questions? So proudest, we're going proudest moment and then I'll come <laughs> okay, round to. Okay, right, right, right. God, I don't know. I feel like I never stop to even think about it. I feel like, I mean, this is a pretty basic one, but just getting my first job when I did my, when I set up my studio, I think it's like such a big leap going from like being paid on a good salary to like then just being like, no, I'm going to stop this. Because I came out of being very much a full-time like creative director for a, for a long time to then, and living in London and like having that jump from going from having to, Mm -hmm. live and survive and then coming out of that and just being like okay I'm gonna start again but as me I think like getting my first commercial job through was was a good I was like okay I'm fine yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's like those early ones that feel the proudest yeah. like the earlier it is the more impactful it is yeah. like even just being at LCC and like going from like the worst in the class like the worst. Like they all got together to tell me how much they hated me. Like they took me into another room. What? Yeah. Were the teachers? The, oh yeah. They, yeah, they, 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 they had a hard time. But then I turned it around. No, they took me, it was like the end of, it was like just before Christmas break and they were telling us our grades and they were like, look, we've worked here for like 20 years and you know, we've never agreed. When, when we go around marking the work, we never agree. Wow. But we actually all agreed for the first time that we hated it. And I was like... That's crazy. <laughs> but it's quite something you either but, hate or love than something in the middle though, right? No, I, I wasn't, it wasn't like, I was, I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was not good at all. It wasn't, it wasn't like, a, I was devastated. And then, <laughs> and then I, so I tried really hard, but I just wasn't trying in the right way. And then I, yeah, I came back from that and then ended up getting like the highest grade in the final year and like mm -hmm. won all the prize. Like just like I came back mm -hmm. from it in a big way. So they changed and their then, mind, the actual same people. Well, my work changed and that changed their mind. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, you actually did try this time. Like oh, this work isn't embarrassing anymore. You so know? you actually think that they were right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was terrible. The work really? I was making, it was so bad. Really? It was so bad. And literally in that corridor up there, I had a picture of like a girl with her legs open with like strawberry yogurt coming out of her pants. And I thought that was so cool. This was like 2009. So, you know, I thought it was like, oh, it's crazy. Like what I'm doing is so like risque. And they were like, no, it's not. It's just stupid. And I was like, okay, yeah, I am just 19. Like, it's 2009, you know. And then I just... What was the making of you, clearly? Yeah, you know. So, you, so you think the tough love worked then? Oh, yeah, yeah, I needed to be told. Like, yeah. you need to be shamed good. out of tough some bad Tough love is good, work. I think. Yeah. yeah. If they know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I respected their opinion. Kind Even of. if they don't, you know. Because sometimes I find... Like, I'll send, if I'm working on a video, I'll send mm -hmm. it to a friend of mine who's not in the creative industry at all. Yeah. Just because they're the people that are going to watch it. They're the people that are going to yeah. live with it, experience it. And hopefully they're the people that are, it's going to influence them just to even just shift their angle by a degree. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to sometimes get an opinion that's like, because mm -hmm. sometimes you can, okay, this rubbish. You, like, they, they didn't give you any, anything constructive, yeah. but sometimes they'll be like, you obsess over a cut the orange in the in the back of the scene. You'll be like, oh, it's, this is not... And they'll be like, mm, I preferred if it was blue. Yeah. And actually, you might not change it, but you're like, oh, I can actually see why you said that. You know, it doesn't mm. actually add anything. So sometimes I find that. Do you find that? You know, if... Can't, yeah, I mean, it's up to you to interpret mm. what someone says and how valuable it is. Yeah. So ultimately, if it's helpful, it's because of the way you've seen it. Yeah. What do you value most in the people that you work alongside and with in a project? Like, what do you... Yeah. So, personally, for me, directing is like realizing that everyone's better at you at their job. Yeah. And then you're like harnessing them to make what you want to make. Um, and I really enjoy that. Like, so I'm in a very collaborative um, thing. Like, what I'm doing. Like, I, the only time I really have where it's like you, where I'm just on my own, and I also cherish that because I like that. Is when I'm coming up with the idea and writing the idea, and, and I need that. But once it's in the once it's agreed that it's going to be made, then it becomes about the team effort, and that's like everything. You live and die on that, on how good. So like, I I believe like most of my job is finding people who are just incredible at, and better, and that will teach me in that area. You know, better cinematographer, um, better editor, colorist, cast that just blow you away and and you just come in little bits here and there to make sure it's on track. That's what I think my job is. Mm. <laughs> what about you, June? I don't know, I've been lucky that from going from by myself and worrying about working with people, and then I went into a big commercial job where it was like 100 people on the call sheet. And then actually, yeah, when everyone's really good at what they do and they're really passionate about what they do. <laughs> but it's true because the thing that stresses me out is like, you know when you're on a job and you see someone who's a bit bored? Or like they're a bit like, mm. oh, like, and you just feel like, oh no, they don't want to be here. Mm, yeah. or like, oh, they're not enjoying it. And like, or they're like, or, or I've been on jobs where I was more just like a set designer, and everyone's all like fake on the set, and then they go outside and have a cigarette, and they're like, oh, yes, I hate this. Yes, oh, this yes, stupid yes. director. I hate this job. <laughs> and you're like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want that to be like that. But then when I've been on a team, I've I've had people that are just honest and actually like just nerds about what they're doing, so they're not just like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's the same kind of thing when you find people who are like genuinely passionate about what they do. Mm -hmm. But for me, like finding someone who's also very good at what they do mm -hmm. and they're not sort of just winging it. 
yeah. is, I think that's when yeah. it's good. Because yeah. it makes your life a lot easier yeah. as well. Mentally. And the job a lot more pleasant. Yeah. Definitely. And I guess lastly, guys, is the question I'd ask is, what would you tell your university selves? So if you could put yourself back into the shoes of leaving university, if you could meet that person, what would you say? What advice would you give them? Um, well, yeah, I was saying I found this like summary of what I took from university in my last year the other day and I was reading through it and like I think there was one thing and I wrote in there and it was just like I've received some of the most stressful emails in my life and I hope never to receive them again and it's just like that was just the start but I think for me it would be like if you're going to go into this role and you're going to do this job like boundaries <laughs> because I feel like sometimes I give too much of myself to jobs and clients and then it's hard to pull that back mm. um, and also like just creatively you know I think there's a fine line of like especially if it's a commercial thing like how far you push it versus but I think also like really standing firm with that most of the time as well to get the most out of the jobs and things you're doing yeah 100% what about you Gina? keep as many contact like keep I don't know you will basically lose everyone after you leave mm -hmm. unless you really make an effort to keep in touch with everyone and not just the people like the resources or even just like the technician or someone all the people that help support you and make that work in uni are, could easily just disappear and then you're just out on your own mm -hmm. and so you need to have that like feedback and support and everything so yeah keep in touch with everyone mm. yeah one would be get on with it life is short i waited too long i should have I, i'm the odd one out here i didn't go to um lcc or film score anything i did a completely different course and i don't regret it like i think everything builds experiences and you got to look at the positive of that and you know I'm a, i guess i'm a more well-rounded person for all the little turns i took but uh even today like i think I procrastinate too much and I could just get on with it. And I never regret actually going for something, but if you don't go for it, then you're not gonna go to that next step. So, um, you know, the sooner you do it, the happier chances are you'll be. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of LCC's Value Talks podcast. Keep up to date with future episodes and the latest on life at the college by following us on social media. You can check out our YouTube channel by searching for London College of Communication. And also follow us over on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at LCC London. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.